Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. And if you disagree, <laughs> join the discussion at Twitter at, at The Rank Podcast, on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com. Or email us at therankwithjohnandzach at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at The Rank Podcast. And remember, please rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. Anyway, enjoy the show. Oh, I tell you, Lyndon loved... So he found out about opposite... You know, not that opposite day is real, but he found out of the concept of opposite day. Well, opposite day isn't real, but today's opposite day, so it's... Oh, he go. He'll he'll like do something that he knows he shouldn't do, and then I'll be like, "I'm opposite boy." Um, I can't. I don't know who he could have gotten that from. I I certainly don't know anybody in my life who acts like that at all ever. You started that saying he does something he knows he shouldn't do, and I'm like, "Uh huh, uh huh, okay." <laughs> where I know where does he get it? It's unbelievable. <laughs> Just imagine your mom. You're telling her that, and she's like, "Oh, well, that must be unusual having a kid who does that." I know. I know. She's uh, she had it rough with me. That's for sure. So, edge of tomorrow, huh? Yeah. So, did you get to the edge of tomorrow? We're almost at the edge of tomorrow. Edge. That's. I'm. I'm I, I love the edge of tomorrow. You know, like the. 10 o'clock to midnight midnight out uh, a couple hours that's that's like my time hour. yeah is do you really consider it your time yeah basically um it's you know you, you get less there are like f fewer things to do so you actually get to like do what you want and then obviously some people go to bed i i like the do what you want mm -hmm. stage of like 10 30 to midnight exactly the problem is is like once i get to midnight i get hungry <laughs> you're like well i haven't eaten yet today so i better go eat something <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <It's 12 :01. laughs> breakfast is the most important meal of the day they say. they say it's the most important thing in life so that's why i go downstairs and eat five bowls of cereal breakfast midnight snack same thing <laughs> I'm very curious to hear what your thoughts are on Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, uh, we're supposed to have thoughts on it? Well, no. Not really. You can just already, make it up. I already know your thoughts. Do you? Yeah, I already lived this podcast. <laughs> That's why you've been so reticent to do it. <laughs> it's because it, it, there's no we don't get past this part. You always Oh, die. no. I always die? Every time. 
Oh, man. I like that part. Well, I guess we'll get to it, but there's a part of the movie where they just have to, like, do something completely different. I kind of like it. Like, it's just like, all right, this didn't work. We we put a bunch of effort into it. Now we just need to do something totally different. <laughs> I like it. Oh, like, yeah. Sometimes that's going to happen, I guess. I know. It's a cool... Yeah. You ever yeah, play a video like game and, like, I went about this the wrong way? Or, like, you... Uh, level a character up in a particular way and you're like i wish i could reset all of this because i did this badly yes that's pretty much every time i play a video game yeah and, and it's and, like all that time's wasted so yeah do you now just out of the, the game has to be really good mm -hmm. to go back and be like i like guess i'll do it can. again yeah well, i get really stubborn so i'm like i'm not letting this game get the best of me and I, I like don't like it, and I'm not enjoying myself. But I go back and do it anyway. Or like, oh my, oh my god, my favorite. Recently, I replayed The Witcher Three, which is a long game and has a lot of content. Um, it's linear, so it's not like Elder Scrolls or something where you can do nothing but side quests and and never get to the main quest. This one, you kind of have to do the main quest, etc. And I was like, I'm gonna get the perfect everything that I like, and went through it all. Got everything pretty much perfect, so I start the first downloadable content for it. And The Witcher 3's downloadable contents, the two expansions, Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine, are both really good, like, and really long. They're not just, like, these little tiny extra add-on episodes. They're, like, probably a quarter to a third of the whole game's length again. You know what I mean? Like, whole new stuff. Okay. I, I do the first one that I always play first, Hearts of Stone. I got through that perfectly. Got the exact thing ending I wanted, which I didn't get the first time I played. I get to the very end of Blood and Wine. Part of the reason that I like playing through this game is because you get to the end of the very end, like the last downloadable content, and sort of several choices you made kind of have consequences all of a sudden at the end. Because like something happens, and it happens depending on what you did, you know, 20 hours of gameplay ago. And it's really? just like it's just like a little satisfying little moment. A character shows up, um, like to hang out with you, essentially. And which character it is depends on your actions before. And without realizing it, I did the wrong thing and got the wrong character there at the end hanging out with me. And I wasn't expecting that. And I was like, oh my god! In order to fix this, in order to get the character, and this isn't important. Like the ending was still the best ending I could get. Essentially, it's just the character is different. They show up and they're like, hi, I'm here. And it would be like, if I get to the end of my life and I'm 99 years old and everything, and I'm expecting my my beloved spouse to show up and hang out with me, and then it's you instead, and I'm like, oh man, that's <laughs> that's essentially what it's like. Like this is fine; it's not bad. It's just I wanted Hudson here instead. Um, that's what happens. So I now have to go back and replay basically the whole thing in order to get exactly the right little thing I wanted. But I'm going to nonetheless. I have Are you really going to? See, I I'm going to. Yeah. I would just be like, yeah, I quit. <laughs> well, the funny thing is that it just doesn't matter. There isn't anything to do after that except for walk around, enjoy the little vineyard that you've been gifted because of your services to the kingdom. Um, look at your armor and every all the swords you've hung on the wall. Oh, and that's another thing. If if I like don't have the right you know sword that I use for most of the game, I'll go back and do something to fix it. But anyway, so. Point being is that I will very much. I was thinking throughout this movie, I was like, replay. 
yeah i was like i'd be good at this because i would you know i would i would end up winning just through stubbornness I, like you know i just don't want to lose so i'm gonna go back and replay the day as many times as needed kind of yeah. kind of wish i could be good at this kind of wish i could replay this opening because i feel like i wasted everybody's time no this was great i i i really enjoyed it anybody you... anybody listening who's played the witcher at the very end there i get um yennefer showing up instead of siri and i want siri to show up instead <laughs> and it's funny because i was like oh it'll be fine because i'll you know like i decided to stay in a relationship with yennefer because i stayed faithful to her throughout all the games as much as i could um, despite the fact that we weren't together, blah, blah, blah. It's so funny to say that. Like, it's actually me and not Geralt. <laughs> and I didn't realize that she would show up instead of Siri. And, like, I go I go through so much effort in those games to make sure Siri's still happy with me. But anyway. <laughs> wow. It's I've never played it, so. it's All three of them are excellent games, so I, I recommend them highly if you like such things. I'm sure I would. And also, Listen, there's lots, you know, there's lots we, of gratuitous sex. So, I like that part too, which um, I avoid. By the way, I, I'm always like, no, no, no. I, I have a betrothal. I have to stay pure. I have to stay yeah. pure. It's um, pretty stupid, but so this is what we do in every episode. Uh, we have a little bit of banter. Oh, good. I'm not doing the agenda. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make you do it, but I decided, <laughs> I decided against it. The first thing we do is we have a little bit of banter. Check. Then we're going to go into the, you know, just like a brief summary of the movie to give you, you know, an idea of what we're, what we're doing today. Then we dive into the potent notables, which are, you know, potently notable factoids <laughs> that we found out about the production. Um, and then we do a movie overview, which is basically us talking about the movie from beginning to end. Uh, so, spoiler alert, if you have not seen this movie, you probably don't want to listen to pretty much anything after Potent Notables, and probably not Potent Notables either. Particularly so, with this movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, unless, you know, you're just going to do it over and over again, in which case, yeah. <laughs> it's probably not it. <laughs> um, and then this, right after the uh, movie overview, once the movie overview is done, we dive right into the rank, which is what we're all here for. We rank the uh, movie on 10 categories on a scale of 1 to 5, 1 being the worst, 5 being the best. We add up our scores, and then I add up our scores together, and that gives us the rank. Now, today, we're ranking Edge of Tomorrow, the 2014 film starring Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, written by Christopher McQuarrie and John Henry Butterworth. <laughs> I don't know why that name amuses me. I, it, me too. I like. I was sort of worried about not getting through the name, so I'm glad you <laughs> laughed. John Henry Butterworth, yeah. Uh, <laughs> inventor of popcorn. And I'm curious, what was his mom's name? Was it Mrs. Butterworth? Mrs. Butterworth, either way. <laughs> um, now it was and, adapted. And his aunt Jemima. That's right. that's right. Now it was adapted from the novel "All You Need Is Kill" by Hiroshi Sakurazaka. That's a name. Yeah, I think I got it though. And directed by Doug Lyman. 
This ended up being our second straight 2014 action movie, actually. actually. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Will it be better than The Equalizer? As long as it doesn't have Ralphie. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> now, in a future Earth besieged by a formidable alien threat, Major William Bill Cage, an ex inexperienced soldier, finds himself trapped in a time loop after a deadly battle with the extraterrestrial invaders. With each repeated day, Cage gains combat skills and forms an alliance with R Rita Vertaski, a seasoned warrior. Together, they aim to alter the course of the war and save humanity from extinction. Okay. I know I stopped that like there was mm -hmm. going to be more, but there wasn't more. So, so that was that. So that that was the end of the summary. Uh, now we've ranked aliens, cliffhanger, central intelligence, blood sport, the mummy, predator, hero, Iron Man, speed, bullet train, Jason and the Argonauts, Mission Impossible, bullet, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Spider Man, Mission Impossible Two, Inception, The Accountant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Robot Jacks. I don't think I'll ever not laugh at that. <laughs> the Nice Guys, The Fifth Element, and The Equalizer. Now, The Equalizer was one of those rare occasions that I I liked something less than you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was actually surprised how much I like the Equalizer. We'll have to see, we'll have to see how Edge of Tomorrow works out. I know. Well, because the thing is with this one is that I know that I absolutely love this movie, mm -hmm. so I'm sort of worried about your about your rankings. Mm -hmm. Like, did the hype surrounding the movie hurt your viewing? Uh, mm, I'm I'm not sure. Because I was trying hard not to be like Zach. It's so good. Did you watch it yet, Zach? Did you watch? Because we should I've, talk about it. I've seen on the internet a lot of people saying what an underrated movie it is, and the one thing is that I um is that I uh, didn't really know anything about it except for like the very basic of the of the uh, the very basic idea behind it. Like the, that, there's a time loop. Yeah, right? I knew that he died and comes back, and that was right. kind of basically it. Which is good, actually. I was I'm happy to go into it a bit more blind. In fact, yeah. In fact, I kind of would have liked it if I had somehow avoided the, the time loop part at all entirely, but that's kind of a kind of a well I did. Oh, did the you? first time I watched it, I had I had no idea. I was just like, okay, whatever. I I honestly, you know what it was? It was it was right around the time that I realized that I like every Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. And I was like, Well, I guess I'll watch this one. It's got Tom Cruise. And I didn't see it in the theater. I was just like, mm -hmm. Oh, I'll rent this, you know. And I was like, what the, what the hell is this? This is yeah. amazing. Um, anyway, but I'm kind of a sucker for the time loop stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think you've told me you've seen Looper. Yes. I love Looper. Uh, it's another, I, all I, that's another one that I've kind of been meaning to watch and I've avoided the plot of extremely except for the time loop part. So I'll just leave it at that. Let's not discuss that until. Yeah, let's not. Cause I, I am positive that Looper will come up. I we'll have to check IMDb to see if it's an action movie. If but it's action, yeah. The, if it's action movie, we definitely are going to do it. Edge of Tomorrow, right. though, yeah, I didn't know anything about it. So, uh, I mean, I mean, you know, that's that's actually kind of what I love about the podcast because, if, so I know I know more of the movies than you do, but there, mm -hmm. it's so much fun to have you be like, I didn't know anything about this, and then we get to talk about it. And it's mm -hmm. like. It's like it's like we're kids again and we've gone to the movies and we're talking about the movie that we just saw, you know. Yeah. And you know, actually that's that's 
kind of like what what you, what you just said reminds me of when you said you kind of went to see it had no idea because i feel like nowadays i'm very like stingy with what i watch and what i spend money on so it's like i'll actually look up a lot of things about a movie or whatever and be like see if it's worth my time whereas when you're a kid it's just like all right i'll watch this right exactly i don't um, know what it is but i'll watch it I'm like i like going to the movies yeah exactly i mean it's and um you see a lot of a, a joy yeah you see a lot of junk but you also sometimes catch a, a a big surprise and you're like well that movie was better than but, i expected i can't think of but one. The junk is, of one but. <laughs> well the junk is fun too because we get to talk about it afterwards yeah i will say the best picture nominees one i don't know that we're going to get a lot of junk in there mm, yeah um but yeah still fun to talk about all right lyndon what's next now as always we start with the box office numbers edge of tomorrow made 100.2 million dollars domestically and 270.4 million dollars internationally for a worldwide total of 370 and a half million dollars all against a budget of 178 million dollars mm. that's a big budget it is and you know for it to only have made a hundred million dollars domestically, I bet the studio heads were like, "Oh boy, mm -hmm. we shouldn't have gone Tom Cruise." Yeah, we should have waited six years after he jumped on the couch. <laughs> um, but uh, but this was a gigantic budget and would probably be considered a moderate hit instead of a blockbuster, just because of the how weak it was domestically. Yeah. You know? All right, so let's dive right into some interesting little tidbits here so in the minivan scene you know when emily blunt gets the minivan and forgets to release the trailer right? oh right 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 yeah so emily blunt was told to take a hard right turn to make the minivan shake right but she missed her mark and drove the car straight into a tree <laughs> so, so she later said that it was terrifying obviously because she thought she had just killed tom cruise <laughs> But then apparently they both started laughing hysterically, which apparently made it hilarious. Mm -hmm. Because of course Tom Cruise laughed hysterically after driving into a tree. Mm -hmm. Zenu likes it when I do this. Um, <laughs> I wasn't um, expecting Zenu content, but I'm always happy to get it. <laughs> so Doug Lyman had a fun quote. Actually, he had a few fun quotes, but. He said that he read the first draft of the original script and he knew Tom Cruise was already attached. And what he really liked about it was that the character that Tom Cruise was playing was someone he had never played before. Someone who isn't good at what they're doing. You know, I was going to, I you know, maybe I should still save it, but I was going to save that I, for the acting portion. Yeah. It is quite interesting that he uh, played so much off type here. Come on, no, I really like that. A large well, extent, yeah. He gains it. He mm -hmm. gains his, you know, through experience. But yeah, he doesn't want yeah, immediate Ethan Hunt level badass. Right. He's kind of weaselly, mm -hmm. you know, and and a coward at that. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that too. So here's a perfectly encapsulated reason why we think Tom Cruise needs to be in a movie where his character invents fusion. Okay. Mm -hmm. As we've discussed in the Mission Impossible stuff. He didn't want the exosuits to be too CGI mm -hmm. because as always, he wants it to be real for the audience, mm -hmm. right? 
So naturally, he showed up two months early to help research and develop the suit. The suit ended up weighing 85 to 90 pounds, and when you added the armaments, it was between 120 to 125 pounds, and it was all based on DARPA, like, real exosuits. Um, there. Yeah, this is... We've joked before with a couple of the Mission Impossible movies. All we have to do is get, like... You know him interested in sustainable energy or something or make a movie about you know perpetual motion and like he'll just get it done i guess it's <laughs> it's crazy we just need to get his interest and i think we can do that through christopher Macquarie. yeah exactly we need to contact him um <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i didn't think this through <laughs> this is how we should this is how the plot should go for you know dead reckoning part two yeah don't know why it ends up being, you know, that Ethan Hunt creates fusion, but that's what we need. Whatever. <laughs> a, large speaking, part of, a large part of The Saint, the movie with Val Kilmer and uh, I think yeah. Elizabeth Chu, has to do with we should do know, that one. energy and whatever. Cold <laughs> like, fusion. Cold fusion, yeah. I, you know, I, I saw that movie in the theater. And yeah, with me. Yeah, I remember liking it. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, it was makes perfect me. sense. I remember liking it. So that'll be another interesting one, like Mission Impossible. I remember too, liking it too. We'll have to see if it's actually good or we're just, you know, it's fun. Or we're so. just 14 when we saw it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're we 14 when we saw it either way. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, but but talking about the, uh, the exosuits, right? Mm -hmm. So on another excellent podcast called Smartless, it's mm -hmm. almost ours. Emily Blunt told them that when she first put on the suit, she had no idea how, how heavy it was going to be. Mm -hmm. In fact, right after she put it on, she, she quote, started to cry in front of Tom. Oh, no. quote, and she mentioned that he didn't know what to do. Like, so, quote, he just stared at me. I was like, Tom, I'm not sure how I'm going to get through this shoot. <laughs> and just started to cry. I said, I'm just feeling a bit panicky about the whole shoot. He just stared at me for a long time, not knowing what to do. And he goes, come on, stop being such a pussy, okay? <laughs> Apparently that comment made her laugh because it took her by surprise, but that helped her get through it somehow. Yeah, fair. So Tom Cruise may have a lot of skills, but, uh, you know, soft touch is not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough um, love. Yeah, I just, I sort of can't imagine that working in any scenario, any other scenario, yeah. you know, like you have a female coworker who's like, oh man, I'm like, really, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And you're like, look, just stop being such a pussy. <laughs> That'd be a start. <laughs> it's a little bit opposite of their characters in the movie though. It is. I know. Now, when Emily Blunt's character is introduced, she is doing a, a planche. Mm -hmm. plank hold and although she did need a wire for help on long takes she is actually capable of doing that maneuver without assistance mm. in fact when discussing the introduction a cast member said hey em show that yoga move and she casually demonstrated it mm -hmm. so she's kind of a badass she's like what this yoga move oh does it <laughs> now, now she actually got pregnant after the filming ended but before the reshoots. So okay. she had done all her own stunts during filming, but opted not to do the stunts then. Right. Damn so, it, John Krasinski. I, I ruining know. the reshoots. You and your strong jizz. Um, 
He's like, I often get that complaint. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the story goes that Tom was confused by this, and so Emily ended up telling him about the pregnancy, which made him one of four people that knew. Herself, Mm -hmm. her husband, a close friend, and Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, I read that, right? And I think it's meant to sound like, oh, they have like a close relationship. But what I pictured is Tom's intensity being like, but why? It's so much better for the audience if you do it. Come on, why not? And just pestering her until she told him, which I think is actually what happened. I, I like to think as well that um, Tom is just now like expects to be told whenever anybody gets pregnant. <laughs> so like he finds out Emily Blunt is having another kid just like tomorrow. And he's like, wait a second. Why wasn't I told <laughs> Emily? I expect to be told these things. And she's like, the movie's from like seven years ago, seven, eight, nine. I don't know how many years ago. <laughs> so we've got some world war two connections here. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, sure. Very, very beginning of the movie. I was like, okay, this is yeah. world war two again. <laughs> yep, exactly. So now for one, Operation Downfall, as it was called in the movie, was was the actual name of the final planned invasion of Japan, which never ended up happening because of the dropping of the atomic bombs mm-hmm. on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And in addition to that, the film was released on the 70th anniversary of D-Day, and of course the fighting scenes on the beach were meant to look a lot like D-Day. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting. No, I mean, the, the connection to D-Day is obvious, but just that they actually released it on the 70th anniversary was kind of fascinating. Um, that would be, I don't remember what your D-Day is, but that would be June 6th, right? That sounds right. June 6th, so it would have been 44, right? So 2014, yeah, so there you go. Um, June that, 6th, 2014. That is the person I'm married to birthday, so I always, I always know the anniversary of D-Day. Because so they turn a year older and a year wiser. That's the I day was, after my dad's birthday and three days after my wedding anniversary. Oh, your wedding anniversary was that? June third. How yeah. about that? And you guys were both there. We were both there. I just don't know. I know it was around the summerish. It was warm out. That's all I know. Moving on though. Yeah. Apparently Dante Harper was the person who wrote the spec script for this movie, okay. even though he doesn't get credit for it. Though I think he, since he got paid northward of a million dollars for the spec script from Warner Brothers in 2010, he's probably okay without the credit. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a spec script. Is that what are they? I don't know what that is. Give me I don't script. either, but like, yeah, I'll do one. Yeah, sure. Don't even credit me. I don't care. I'll just be. Uh, Alan I don't Smithy. even want the credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. Um, which here's here's the funny thing though. So obviously the spec script bought, got bought in 2010, right? So this is the second movie in a row that that uh, came out in 2014. Also, the second movie in a row that was on the on the blacklist, oh. which is you know the the list of scripts that didn't get made into a movie that like are most exciting, like people are mm-hmm. most excited about. Now, apparently, Brad Pitt was offered the role before Tom Cruise got it. Mm-hmm. He turned it down, and Tom Cruise got Brad Pitt's sloppy seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting because they apparently have quite the feud. Uh, really? Yeah, they do not like each other. Um, Ever since would... Interview with the Vampire. Yeah, did something happen on that, that set? We should ask Kirsten Dunst. She might know. Well, so from what I understand, um, what I've gleaned, 
is that Brad Pitt is a much more laid back person than Tom Cruise. Oh yeah. I've heard that Tom is intense. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's the clashing. Cause yeah. I think Tom was probably like, let's do it again. Come on. Let's know. Let's do this. Let's do that. And Brad was like, I don't want to fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> no. How about that? <laughs> now would Brad Pitt have done all of his own stunts though? Um, you know, I don't know, but my assumption is no. At least not as many as Tom did. Right. Yeah. Which by the way, Doug Lyman, another funny thing, he said Tom could make a really good career out of it doing just all as a stunt. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you um, give it a shot. He's tired of actually being like on the camera. Well, he'd be on camera, but it's tired of showing his face, really. Right. He could do Brad Pitt stunts. Everybody could be happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. What? How did Brad Pitt get so short? Um, <laughs> now, do you remember when Rita comes out of the hangar and this one soldier says, look, it's the full metal bit, and then it gets yeah. cut off because right, she shoves him or whatever. She hits him out of the way. Well, apparently that guy was Emily's little brother. Oh, well, so that just came naturally to her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably to both of them. Yep. Um, but uh, now, while well, in the film, Rita is not sexualized in any way. Earlier versions of the scripts included scenes which clearly did that to her character. Uh -huh. One version from 2011 written by Joby Harold, which is that a fucking real name? <laughs> um, had entire had an entire action scene where Rita is out of the battle suit and during which she is almost fully naked wearing only her underwear. Okay. How, how far did that version get? Well, clear, I don't know, but not far <laughs> enough. Um, and there were similar scenes in in other earlier drafts, like for example, her showering or bathing while she and Cage are hiding in abandoned in an abandoned house before Mimic's attack. Oh man, mm. <laughs> is there a way that I could get this actress naked? Yeah, there's these more nudie scenes. <laughs> I just I can't imagine like watching the movie. I can't imagine sexualizing her like that. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, there's one She's like such a badass. At, yeah, there's one tiny moment at the end where they, and, you know, spoiler alert, they kiss. And even that kind of took me out of it a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like, you know what? That was ad-libbed by Emily. Oh, was it? Yeah, they weren't supposed to kiss. Because it doesn't feel so much like that kind of moment, but at the same time, it wasn't so bad, but it just isn't that kind of portrayal. Well, it, it, it wasn't, but there was a closeness there. Oh, yeah. So I was okay with it. And it was almost like a release of tension. Yeah. Kind of. Thing. Oh, yeah. More I, than I, like romantic. I get it. Um, but like, yeah, that's what I mean with like, it kind of doesn't even matter that she, that she's a woman and he's a man. It's just treated like, you know. Right. They're, you know, who they are. You know, she's this badass and he's a noob. Yeah. <laughs> he becomes a hacker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, now, finally, for the final potent notable here, there was an alternate ending where the humans lose. Oh. Which is sort of fascinating. Kind of like that. Yeah. So in the alternate ending, um, they kill an alpha. Mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the other guys in the helicopter kill an alpha. And so mm. it's just, you know, it's going to reset and they will have no memory. Of I was actually thinking around that point in the movie that if I were writing it, if I were writing the spec script, say, my million dollar spec script, I might have actually had them lose. I don't know why, but it just felt like well, you could have had a, a whole other sequel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
which they are planning a sequel, by the way. Edge of the next day. Edge of tomorrow. It's like live, die, repeat, and repeat or something. Just yet again. <laughs> Did we ever get a, a count of how many days Cole, or what was his name? Uh, Cage. Cage. That how many days he's lived. A little bit like how some people estimate that Bill Murray so spends a million years or something in Groundhog Day. <laughs> So I did find a number, uh -huh. and I, I had it in my potent notables, but then after watching the movie, I erased it because I don't think it's right, because they said 26, and I don't yeah. think that's right. I think it was way more than that. Yeah, 26 days? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't sound right, because we don't see a lot. We just, we just see after the fact. He, like, we didn't see them get to the general as many right, times but I mean, as they would have need to. Exactly, but also, I mean, on top of that, I think there was more than twenty six resets. Mm. Oh, just, just shown, just shown, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I took it out because, and I, so I don't know. Um, a bunch, a bunch. Well, let's actually. So since we're talking about the movie, let's dive into the movie overview. Movie overview. So. Right from the beginning, listening to all the beats at the beginning of this, I'm so upset that I didn't see it in theaters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you would like already. I'm like, too. oh, wow. Yeah. Um, the United Defense Force symbol, by the way, really looked a lot like the Starship Troopers logo thing. <laughs> that might have been slightly intentional. It was, so I was reading about it, and they they did sort of view this as a cross between Starship Troopers and something else that I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Down, I guess, but uh, I was like, "Oh wow, they really did borrow from that." Mm -hmm. I also didn't remember that they landed. In, you're gonna, I can obviously you didn't remember it, but um, I didn't remember that they landed in Hungary. It's, it mm -hmm. seems sort of interesting. Like, why does everyone always want to fight over Europe? Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's just like a European centric way of looking at it, but um, I can tell you that playing Risk, Europe becomes a battleground. You know point of contention very quickly yeah and i uh, i always go for europe and i always end up regretting it because i get attacked from like multiple sides <laughs> always go over australia yeah all freaking australia <laughs> australia and south america those are the two well i like europe so fight me <laughs> so i don't know if you heard this but he's talking about uh like cage is talking to the general like talking about his his book that he's going to write, you know, yeah. giving him ideas. And, and he's like, you know, the manifest destiny and stuff. And I'm like, I don't think that applies here. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I felt the same. I I kind of wondered if that was supposed to him be him being like a clueless, smarmy kind of loser. I feel like it had to be, right? Because yeah. all I'm thinking is like, do you know what that means? Because mm -hmm. I don't think it means what you think it means. No, um, I, felt, I felt the same way. And I was like, I, he's not likable right away. <laughs> <laughs> not, that, not that he's and they do a good job though because he's not likable but he's also not a complete snake or anything like that he's just yeah exactly he's just kind of like mm. you're just kind of like great i can't wait to see more of this guy yeah exactly. um but it gives him a nice redemption you know it's mm -hmm. an easier redemption because he's not a complete piece of shit yeah um he's not suited to the situation and he's not <laughs> suited um <laughs> i guess it's a jacket more than a suit that's what they call it but uh no, yeah, and then it's it's satisfying because you can see that you know he's not a he's not a scumbag. He's just a little bit of a tool, right? 
So did you see arrest this man coming? No, not at all. That was that I wasn't was sure cool. where this movie was going, but that was surprising. That surprised me too. Cause like you kind of thought that he he won, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that he had blackmailed him. And I remember in the in the you know, like when I first watched it, being like, Really? That worked? I'm mm-hmm. sort of surprised that worked, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um and then it didn't. And then it did not at all arrest this man. Brandon Gleason doing some good hard hard you know what do you call the good heavy work oh yeah in the heavy he can be he's a good heavy so he is and then i had completely forgotten that bill paxton was in this i didn't know he was in it until he showed up and i said well (laughs) and he was great moment if i he was um i liked it because he was very bill paxton but also also its own thing a little bit it felt you know what it, it like reminded me of aliens mm-hmm. but at the same time it was different it was you know? different exactly he's got he's bombastic and everything but he's got a he's not just sometimes it's like oh good he, he found he, he he thinks he can do an accent but this actually works somehow i'm not sure how yeah the character's supposed to be a little over the top you know right right exactly and i don't know he just he's it was fun i really enjoyed seeing bill paxton again you know yeah um it, it was just so interesting to see tom cruise acting like such a coward mm-hmm. um, yeah i was like waiting i know he's gonna eventually you know not be this yeah little weasel but at what point does it kick in you know um, we, get to, we get to see him terrified all the way through at least the first battle and then maybe confused through the second time yeah, I, I, he was good at confused, like shockingly good at like what the fuck is happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, he just he just pretended to be the rest. He pretended to be the rest of us hearing news about Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> he's going on the. He's piloting the space shuttle in real life. That's weird. <laughs> Why is he doing that? Why is he on top of the tallest building on Earth, just sitting on a chair? <laughs> She's like hanging um, out, apparently. I don't know. I actually really like the speech that Bill Paxton gives Tom Cruise about the you know the fiery crucible of battle and stuff. Yeah. Um, not that I, I don't like the so I should clarify, I don't like the speech, like I don't care about the wording of the speech. I loved the way he delivered it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a lot of fun. I actually thought the delivery was like a lot of the quality of of this whole thing because i don't know um i'm trying to figure out how to say this because he has this silly accent and he's like very you know military guy but like he delivers it with conviction and like a sort of seasoned presence if that makes any sense yeah like like he's like he's a good actor so he inhabits the performance in a way that goes beyond just silly accent whereas right. a lot of it just felt like oh i, I kind of i've kind of seen this guy <laughs> i don't like him but that's who he is um when tom cruise makes the joke about science you know why do they call it science hill you know kentucky or whatever it is he said don't know don't care never asked and yeah. it, worked, it really worked for me i was like it worked for me too i really enjoyed it I think that's what somebody like Bill Bill Paxton brings to the table. Frankly, he's not necessarily like going to win Oscars all the time, but but he does this type of stuff real well. 
Mm -hmm. I think that's why James Garman always cast him because I need someone to be like this. And Bill's like, I got it. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Don't worry. <laughs> so and director's like, I know you did, Bill. He's RIP, Bill. So I can't remember exactly how this comes up, but I enjoyed the uh, the quote where mm -hmm. he's one of the you know soldiers there is talking about getting with two girls at one time. Yeah, you can bet when that day comes, I'll be ready. Just yeah. So it's funny. It's it. The, this movie is kind of making. I don't. I'm not sure. I wasn't sure how to feel about a lot of these characters at the beginning. <laughs> I was like, is it the, you know, they're they're confident. I guess it's these are the kind of guys I want going to war with aliens. But at the same time, I don't know. I felt really bad for Tom Cruise's character too, which is I think good because he's Weasley. But they they did build some sympathy for me. Him trying to deal with all of that, being thrust yeah. into this situation and being made fun of by <laughs> these like grunts. I don't know. Well, they really railroaded railroaded him. I mean, he was, yeah, he was correct in that. Yeah. Yeah, Although wrong. I did think it was interesting. See, and this is actually something that I liked about this movie that I feel like a lot of movies sort of get wrong with the military, like action movies, right? Mm -hmm. Where like a major says to a general, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. You know? And, not, and in this movie, the general's like, okay, well then you're arrested. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm not having this debate with you. I'm just... Yeah, it's, it's an order, so yeah. that's how this works. It's It's almost a little not I don't know if someone would be in the situation where, like, I don't think Tom Cruise's character would think he could get away with that, but that's okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, well, I get it also, though, because this is like a World War situation where people are just, they're into the military now because, I mean, he even says it later, right, when he was in that scene where he's like, I was... Uh, I was like a, a an ad salesman, right? Mm -hmm. And then yeah. my job doesn't exist anymore. So now I'm doing this. Yeah. So you know, we we go through what um, you know what the, his day is like, right? Um, and he's terrified, sweating profusely, and he's in that big suit, not knowing how it works. He's like, "Got to get the safety off," and they're like, "Not going to tell him." Mm -hmm. um, and then they're in the uh, the drop ship. I have to say, it doesn't seem like a very effective way to drop soldiers onto a battlefield. No, it doesn't. But <laughs> like, I guess I'm not gonna quibble because this, this is I don't know how these jackets work. This is advanced technology, but attaching it to like a wire, <laughs> like a I'm yeah, not sure, and then just down you go. I guess if you know you're gonna drop them and nobody knows you're dropping them, yeah. But I don't know. Seems well. That entire that entire part is like such a clusterfuck. It's like it's at least believable that that would go badly. <laughs> That's <laughs> <Yeah>. true. <laughs> Just drop them all haphazardly. Some of them land on fire. I think I saw one guy. Yeah. Some of them just their suits break. It's just, okay. <laughs> I wonder why you're losing this war. And naked guy gets killed pretty quick. Oh. I was I was almost like, well, that's what you get, you know. <laughs> I know. Nobody asked you to be naked. You go balls out, literally. Yeah, and then and then your balls are out. What do you and expect? Then, and then you die. Yeah. Um. And then you know we're sort of so Tom Cruise. We're seeing sort of the horrors of this war mm -hmm. through Tom Cruise's eyes, through Cage's eyes, and uh, 
he looks over and there's this guy that's in the water and he he uh or like on the beach in the water and he he's like been electrocuted by a suit or something like that and he's like yeah. having convulsions and i'm thinking like this guy's wearing an 85 pound suit and having to convulse in it yeah it's another it's another case where the, some of the stunt men should probably or stunt people should get a nice little bit of credit because that's that could like, not have been easy no and that scene is actually pretty good um at conveying you know his confusion and the confusion of everybody and how discombobulated the whole thing gets because they you know they uh walked into a trap essentially did a good job of that it reminded me you know of the scene in saving private ryan yeah me too where it's like kind of shocking and you're like okay this got real yeah and you're like wow mm -hmm. um and it's just like the confusion of battle and war and everything yeah mm -hmm. it's it's good and then you know we see the hero Verdun and uh you know the the full metal bitch and then she mm -hmm. dies pretty yep. quick yeah that was another nice point because like i figured everybody was going to come back and everything but like it is neat because it's like oh there's that because we're not introduced to her except as like a fleetingly this hero yeah yeah and then just oh she's dead <laughs> and you can see tom cruise's character's confusion like okay she's dead now like yeah <laughs> this is going badly <laughs> This is going real bad. Yeah. Um, kind of it's kind of incredible that he's actually still alive. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. He's just sort of like falling over and missing getting getting killed like repeatedly. Yeah. And then so then he, you know, he runs into Bill Paxton and everybody again, right? And Bill Paxton says, Here they come, mean as hell and thick as grass. Uh-huh. Which is apparently a reference to the Zulu War, where some British, you know, colonel or something was like here they come, black as hell and thick as grass. Oof. So it's the olden days, so I'll forgive it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I was thinking, I'm like, I don't know that I would have left. I wouldn't have quoted that one, but whatever. yeah, that's not the one I'd reference. But I guess, I guess it's okay. And then we get uh, the Tom, you know, Cage's death scene. Yeah, the first one, the first, first of one. many, um, and it was pretty gross. Yeah, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm a little confused. Because somebody's uh, face is melting for some reason? I don't know. Yeah, so, and then it was what, you know, it, like all of a sudden we, he's back and he's so confused. <laughs> kind of echoing the audience somewhat, like, okay, I, what? <laughs> yeah. Where exactly? You can see him, like, thinking, where's this movie going? I thought it was just a war movie. And then you know, so we go back to that same scene where they ask him where the safety. You know, do you know where the safety is? And and he's like, I'm not sure. Yeah. The guy goes, Good. <laughs> yeah, I, I never quite understood that. Um, you think they at least want him to be able to fire? But I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe they're worried about him firing in the wrong yeah. direction. So really, um, they're just putting him in a metal suit and just tossing him in to die. <laughs> so yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> um. But then we get the uh, the like real kind of ridiculously thick Kentucky accent. Mm -hmm. the, the girl there. Oh yeah, and she was. <laughs> she was a little, little. Uh, she was yeah, a lot big accent. So I was kind of glad when she wasn't talking and then she was talking again. And I go wow. <laughs> <laughs> this was the this was one time where I I enjoyed her talking, mm -hmm. and it was. So he said the thing that she says, you know, it's not like there's, it wasn't there's a dead guy in it. It was whatever she said. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what it was, but then she responds, "Ha Jake's bitch." Yeah, that was another like, okay. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but that that tickled me. But I just was saying, "Hey, here's some trauma for you," over and over again. Oh, I know. It was, oh, it was actually kind of tough. I love that he tries to save um, Rita. <laughs> she just yeah. steals the ammunition and battery oh, pack. Oh god, that was brutal. I know. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, here's the point where they're gonna like connect and figure not connect like emotionally, but like this is where they start figuring out what's going on, blah blah blah. Nope. She's just like, fuck you. Yeah, you're dead. Like, I don't care if you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> and his disbelief at it. Did you just take my battery? She's yeah, away. And he's like, okay. Because, <laughs> Yeah, this is like As literally he slowly dies. Like this is literally <laughs> guess I'll die. It's yeah. Whatever. I'm really I was really enjoying Tom Cruise in this. Like the his reaction to her, did you just take my bag yeah. back? <laughs> yeah, because he, he's still in confused as fucking what's going on mode. Which is a weirdly enjoyable mode for him to be in. Yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed confused Tom. That was fun. <laughs> you should have more movies where he's confused. Yeah. Confused more often. And then, so then he comes back this time and he's like, he's trying to convince them. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I know everything is about to happen here. Right? And mm-hmm. um, I love that the response was they just duct tape him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everything's super quiet now. Like, he's he's definitely got them freaked out. Yeah. And then you know they're they're asking what 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 is he saying what is he saying and then it's too late. (laughs) A lot of futility in this movie. It it does a good job of showing you. Yeah, you you can relive the same day, so you'll always you know you'll get the nope. A lot of it won't work, and it'll be really frustrating (laughs) because people won't believe you. They won't listen to you. It doesn't matter. You'll still die. Um, it it is cool how they show him getting used to it, right? Like even that part. He lands so much better in the water. Like he's mm-hmm. already starting to like. Okay, this is gonna happen. So I'm mm-hmm. prepared for this. Mm-hmm. And um, and then he so he's he's he gets to Rita again, right? Mm-hmm. And this time, you know, he's like, okay, come on, we gotta run, we gotta run. And she already knows. She knows mm-hmm. what's going on with him. Yep, it's, she figures she figures that out this time. Yeah, and it's come find me when you wake up. And she just like lets herself die. Yep, that was a fun moment because you know the way she says it as he's running away and then she dies. It's there. <laughs> it was effective the way that that was framed because yeah. it, it made you like, oh, now she knows what's going on. Now I'm gonna know what's going on. You know? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I really I thought it was a really cool scene. Um, and then so we come back again, and then it's like you know when he covers up the cards, right and. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and, yeah, this is a good strategy because you know, make them your friends, and right, still doesn't, still doesn't really do too much. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, it's because he has to sneak off. But I did enjoy that he's like, What next? A little, uh, PT, PT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I would, I would, I would, I hope that I would have fun with that kind of situation, but yeah, I don't know, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> see, to, I like it's like a dream of mine to do that. To have the same day, to relive the same day. Maybe yeah. not this day. <laughs> this day was the day where you're tossed into horrible battle, like <laughs> yeah. die, lands to the slaughter. That's the day I want to relive. 
I don't know. This is the type of movie that does it for me, though. I'm uh, I just I don't know what it is about the about about time loop shows and movies, but they just they do it for me. <laughs> Give me the same scenes over and over again in a slightly different way, and apparently I'm happy. Yeah, well, it's, you're, you're like a child. You're like repetitive, you know. <laughs> Just bangle um, keys in front of me, cinematically. Have you seen, have you seen um, the romantic comedy About Time? Uh, it oddly has Brendan Gleeson's son, Donald Gleeson, in it, and uh, I think Rachel McAdams. Oh, I think I have seen it. He he can time travel, right? He can he can like restart the day, or that, like okay. he can go back to any any time. I believe like. Like he could, you know. I think I haven't it. seen it all the way through it, um, but like I've seen bits and pieces of it and been like, "Hey, this looks interesting." It, it definitely is. It's uh, very much in this vein, except like no battle because it's him trying to win the affections of Rachel McAdams and who among us hasn't? <laughs> Another little Tom Cruise thing that he was that he did a couple times. His screams when he dies. Mm-hmm. Ah! Like the, <laughs> these out of nowhere, like uncharacteristic screams. They were just yeah. fantastic. But I will say, oh, oh, it was it was when he gets <laughs> when he gets run over by the truck. Oh right, ah! right. <laughs> <laughs> and I like how we get to hang out for a second there because we get to see Bill Fax and go, "What the hell? Like, yeah, what was he thinking?" And then and then we restart. I like that we got the whole moment there with him. Okay, yeah. that was fucking weird. He just <laughs> suicide right in front of me. <laughs> sure. Um, gets a break the next time, though. Yeah, and I will say, I'm glad they only showed this scene once because this is not an effective way to get away from them. <laughs> it's, it felt like it shouldn't have worked, but I don't know. There's just no fucking way that works. And I love this movie, but that part is just dumb, right? So. What you're telling me is that nobody around him is going to notice him rolling away. Yeah. Because they're doing push ups. They're just so focused on looking at the ground that they don't notice this person in front of them. You know, I I decided to read it as they didn't care, but that doesn't really make sense given that we're shown the fact that they're like looking for him later and everything. Exactly. So if they didn't make a thing out of him sneaking away, uh, then I could I could forgive it. But you know, then they're like, Sarge like gonna he had our balls in a sling or something, whatever the yeah. hell they were saying about it. So I just I'm like, there's so much I love about this movie, but I'm just like and then like it's not like he <laughs> it's not like after he rolls under the truck that he's behind the truck. He stands up and then he has to run to catch up with the truck. Yeah. So he's just like very obviously out there and, you know, not behind the truck. Anyway, I think that if they had made it so that the truck stopped right there and he Mm -hmm. knew it was going to stop, then he could, you know, roll through and, and then it stopped and then he can run alongside it or jump, you know, like whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We don't need to redo it. Um, spent too much time on that. Well, it clearly upset you. So, <laughs> oh, no, 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 another thing about that damn truck. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things that, like, you're like, it stands out because the rest of it's so good. You know, yeah. I really enjoyed Emily Blunt in this too. By the way, I liked how uh, 
I guess ruthless she comes across as. They were kind of yeah. just unapologetically like, no, she's like a soldier who, you know, is there because she's the best at killing. I don't know. I don't know. It was interesting. Well, because she had already been through this. Yeah. I mean, the reason she's so good is because she it happened to her, you know. Um, so she's, give me, so she's give like, me, I'm not going to get attached. Well, go ahead. Oh, right. You're right. Actually, that makes a lot of sense because we don't. We don't see it first. Well, at first we just see that she's kind of cold and whatever because she steals his battery. But then, you know, we sort of, we don't actually get much background on her. But what we get explains why we don't get more. Right. If that makes sense. Exactly. We never find out about that, you know, person that she had to watch die over, except except she did. And she didn't talk about it beyond that. I thought that her middle name would come up more again. Like Tom would have to prove something or something because he knows her actual middle name now. But no, it was just a nice moment. You know, but I I think that it's implied that the next time he can say that and it'll convince her to do something different. Mm-hmm. So and it does it does a good job of he's making connections with her, you know. Like right. just as he as he, as like a human and a comrade. She's kind of not like by no well, fault because she doesn't remember it. Yeah, it it kind of it kind of for me it's it like feels a, like wow, there's a futility to this for him in a way that must be kind of dispiriting and crushing in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's like fifty first dates um, oh. in a much more intense way. Yeah, <laughs> so we get some interesting exposition here to explain what's going on when we meet the. Uh, the scientist guy or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Carter, I think his name was. I actually felt like it was pretty well done and, and believable, right? Because they've got to explain it to Cage. Mm-hmm. So Cage gets to be the audience in that moment. Yeah. Because we're getting, finally getting just what's going on here. And I like, immediately after that, Cage is like, this is a great presentation. <laughs> Let's bring it to like the people in charge. I- <laughs> Excellent work on the graphics and everything. And I enjoyed it. Yeah, it felt very uh, sort of sniveling powered still, mm-hmm. yeah. which was fantastic. Let's put this on somebody else now. <laughs> yeah. I understand it. I'll, I, can I give you this? You know, via, via you know, whatever. Yeah. Know, but still. When he's trying to convince her not to shoot him and then just, mm-hmm. well, oh no, yeah. Have you tried this? <laughs> oh, you mean like, sex? <laughs> Tried it. How many times? <laughs> I, I like the part where he's like, you know, he's in training and he's trying to convince her not to shoot him. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I, I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. She's like, no. Nope. Yeah, and then she's like, oh, he, he just gives in. <laughs> shoot me in the head. I, I actually really love the way they show the planning of this, you know? Because, mm. I mean, he has to explain this over and over again and like, Basically, okay, so this is how far we made it this time. This is how far we made it this time. Um, it's cool. It must have been exhausting on, on the character's part, though, because we don't see every time he has to listen to that drill sergeant tell him to get up, for instance. Oh, I know. I also am like, how traumatizing would it be to watch her die over and over? Oh, I know. We get a little bit of that when he's he's like looking at her as she's dying and you can see the anguish on his face and ugh. yeah that's tough 
You get, you get he's getting to know her. You know? Yeah, getting to know her and watching her die repeatedly, repeatedly. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then, you know, I actually, you know, it's understandable that he's like, I'm going to just try to desert. You know, I'm just going to yeah. leave. Yeah. And it's not he doesn't get to leave for too long before you know the mimics are basically taking all there's, of europe there's there's no escaping it and there's no escaping it for him particularly because if he dies he's just right back at the beginning right exactly and it's like i was thinking you know you should get on a flight go to the states man mm -hmm. go to africa go anywhere but but europe like why did you even yeah anyway um I was I was actually really enjoying the talking scene that Rita and Cage had in the minivan. Oh yeah, because this is where he's like talking about. I know this about you, and I know this, and and this, this was a great like reversal of that scene kind of scene though, because he's saying, "Oh yeah, you know, I I know this about you, and you told me this," and she's like, "None of that's true. <laughs> I, I I must have lied to you, or you're just making it up." And he's like. I don't, I don't know. His face is difficult to read at that moment, but I think it works. Yeah. Well, because he eventually comes out with Hendrix. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's when he's like, how do you know that name? Mm -hmm. He's like, I've been telling you. You told me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was also thinking, like, as the battery packs die, you know, mm -hmm. why didn't they make the exosuits solar powered? <laughs> I guess it would have been harder to put that. But, you know, he could have had some... I don't know. Anyway, it seems like they would have a better system for backups because that thing dies in the middle of fighting mimics, and you're just like, "Well, I guess I'm dead." Yep. That's, oh my bad. Low battery. Ah, fuck. And just die. <laughs> so now they're in this abandoned house, right? Mm -hmm. And and Cage is giving himself away. <laughs> They've been there yeah. before. <laughs> like, no, oh, that's right. Sugar. Oh, you like this many sugars? And she's kind of like, yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> Where are the keys? Where the, yeah, um, you're, you're trying not to. You're trying to get me not to use that helicopter, and <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of weird. I get it though. It's because she's so damn stubborn, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, "I'm not going to be able to convince you not to use the helicopter, so I'm just going to pretend like I can't find the keys." Yeah, not not an unreasonable way to go about it. He shouldn't have given himself away, though. Mm -hmm. um, and then he decides to go it alone. Yeah, I actually thought that that was... I, I actually... When I, when I mentioned earlier about how they um, actually do have several points where they're like, this is just, we went the wrong direction, we need to change. And they just... It, they, they, they... I'm sorry. They really do just have him like, okay, I need to do something completely different now. And like a, a huge portion of them trying to do this was wasted practically because it's a dead end, essentially. There's just yeah, no get to get the dam. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, I, you know, when you're he's there, it's like, okay, this definitely looks like a trap. Oh, yeah. And I actually like this part too because we're we're seeing him finally competent on his own. He's able to get through all of that without her help at all. Right. Is this the part where he, where when he, 
we see him approaching her in the training area and he then he just sorry and leaves. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's a, that's another nice moment because I think he plays it well. Like I can't watch you die again. <laughs> yeah. I would rather not, you know, it, I would rather you never know me than have to go through this again. Yeah, it's a really he he's got he he plays it well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, he I thought he did you know, I know we're we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but um, I, I really thought that Tom Cruise did an excellent job in this movie. Yeah, I think so too, actually. Um, <laughs> so, so now we know it's a trap. He comes back and he's like, "Nope, it's a trap. We got to do something else." And apparently, they have some sort of locator. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, mega locator. Well, that was funny because they mentioned it the very first time that he meets that scientist guy. Yeah, and then. She uh, she like knocks it out of his hand. Is like no, that won't work. And then it's just gone, and we forgot about it. <laughs> and then and then suddenly like oh, I guess maybe we'll try this. I, actually, I thought it was fairly realistic because like nope, that won't yeah. work. And then yeah, let's just get to the vision because mm-hmm. that's going to lead us there, and we don't need this this part of it because we have to go to the general to get it right. Mm-hmm. And now that they realize that the visions are actually a trap, mm-hmm. um. Then she's like, okay, we got to use it. Um, but I love when they get to the general and they, he's done his spiel and everything. <laughs> he just looks and well, she's like, okay, what are we doing here? You know, like she gets mm-hmm. annoyed. And he's like, don't shoot him again. <laughs> yeah. So how many times has she shot him? Yeah. <laughs> I can only, you know, that's, I'm a little conflicted because they keep, they do parts like that. And then I, I kind of want to see. I like, know. I want to see all him. the yeah. But at the same time, it it from a filmmaking perspective, it makes a lot more sense not to show all of that. You know. Ex- oh, exactly. Plus, it leaves you wanting more as the viewer. You're like, mm-hmm. oh man, I want like, I, you know, like I want to see the forty forty hour cut of this. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And see um, all the times they got to the to the farmhouse and all of the times it didn't work and she died and every time. And every time they see the general, and she she, yep. she, she shoots him. <laughs> um, I like her sitting did, in the background, just with her gun, just like ready to, ready. Yeah. To. <laughs> and then she's getting impatient. Yep. Okay, let's just kill this fucker. You know, <laughs> it's like okay, because it's also funny because we, it's easy to forget that actually she has lived through so many attempts at this as well just not these specific ones right so this is her first day of this cycle but she still had to had to deal with this a lot right exactly like like if tom cruise is on you know his 50th day or whatever of doing this she's actually like on you know 51. right if that makes any sense well right because she did it uh, 300 or so times previous to this you know mm-hmm. so you can get the sense that she's like exhausted by all of this too in a lot of ways right <laughs> she she's like i don't have time for this i know we've yeah. already done it let's I, you know yeah um but i did like that when they finally get the you know device or whatever <laughs> she's like now what and he's like i don't, I don't know we've never gotten this far <laughs> this is the actually his face during that whole scene was fun too because you could see him like not being sure it's gonna work yet you know right yeah exactly he gets to the point where he's like i don't know about this part i haven't successfully <laughs> done this yet so i'm gonna be careful 
all the rest of the time I'm like super confident. And then I don't know. <laughs> like he's handing it to me and I'm not sure if I should take it, you know? Right, right. It's like when you get to the part in the video game where you haven't been there yet. You're like, okay, I really don't, I haven't saved in a while. I really don't want to die here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to go through that whole thing again. Mm -hmm. um, but so so it, so he dies once more, and then they cut again, and now they've 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 gotten it from him, and they're going to get away. So they just they yeah, have this like cool chase scene walking outside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and he's you know she, she's like he's like, well, what do I do with this thing? Then she just like slams it into his leg. Yep. <laughs> another another kind of heartless moment from her in a lot of ways. Yeah. Just like put it in your fucking leg. That's what. <laughs> um, and then we have the accident, and I and I don't know if you knew. Did you know? Like, did you, or did you have a suspicion that he was going to lose his power at that point? Um, yeah. Like as soon as, because she had already mentioned, you know, make sure you don't get hurt, but don't die. Right. And like we're seeing him, the car is crashing, and like you can almost see in his panic in his face, like "Oh crap, I'm, I'm getting hurt, and I don't have a way to kill myself," which is yeah. a funny, a funny thought to have. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, the opposite of most uh, of what you're usually thinking. Ooh, better um, kill myself. <laughs> and I just ran. Oh, he's gonna lose his power now. Ah, oh, this, you know. I just I wish he could keep it. I could I could watch him do these things over and over again, over mm -hmm. and over again. Um, it's just I'm like I'm on the edge of my seat and I've seen it before, you know. Yeah. Like not just once either. Like I've seen it a lot. I just love it. So, so you know now they're gonna they've devised a plan, right? They've got they've got like two hours to put this plan into motion too. Mm -hmm. um, they've got to convince J Squad to come with him, or come with them, and uh, and they, they're able to, right? So they they head to Paris, and it's pretty well defended, the Louvre. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just thinking, like, so you know, Tom eventually is, of course, is like hanging off of the wing, because of course, yeah. <laughs> And then he flies across the room and like you know lands. And I'm thinking, you know, damn, Tom actually flew across that room. Yeah. When the plane crashes into the Louvre, you know. Yeah. He's a crazy guy. So and then we get the unexpected kiss soon after this, right? Yep. So you know he goes, they go down, they they know where the Omega is, and she kisses him because she's like, you know, this is it, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go get the alpha, and you're gonna blow up the omega. Um, I just realized how it sounds kind of funny when you say it that way. <laughs> I kill the alpha, you blow up the omega. The delta is unimportant. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, she can't kill the alpha. She has to. Distract. Oh yeah, she's gonna distract the alpha. You kill the the omega. I make love to the delta. Right, exactly. Um, and then we get what might be the badass the most badass look to camera mm -hmm. right so he's looking at the alpha essentially it's about to get him yeah and uh he just lets the pins leave oh, his I know. hand i, I like, you know wow. part of me part of me that scene is like oh that was kind of cheesy because like he's dying you wouldn't notice do something cool but it was so cool i was okay with it I was like, yeah. you know what you know what it worked <laughs> yeah and, and like i don't know if the alpha or whatever knows 
what that is that he released. It seemed like he did. Seemed like it did. So it was it was fun. And then, so now we get to the weird part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does he reset to the beginning of the movie? I was hoping you had a good reason for this, because I literally can't figure it out. I can't either. I don't know how that would have happened. Yeah. I mean, okay, so we see that he gets covered in the blood of the Omega, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm the only thing that I can think is that the Omega started like at the beginning of that day the omega had kind of reset Mm -hmm. so when he killed the omega it went backwards in time and reset to before the omega had set everything else in motion yeah that makes sense because at that point is that the omega resetting the time and not him specifically or am i thinking that's what that's what i'm thinking so that's how I took it, is that the Omega essentially reverted, like, since he killed the Omega, all of the time changes that the Omega did, um, setting up this this grand battle, yeah, is, is done. Mm-hmm. And now it's just, you know, he's gone back to the reset along with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess that makes sense. I, but I don't know for sure. I mean, that's just, that's my supposition i have no idea yeah Um, again not to get ahead of ourselves but that's kind of the one one big moment in this where i was like i'm not sure i'm following you know like a lot of the rest that i got this one this one i'm not sure of yeah i mean it's a cool ending Mm -hmm. but i just i don't fully understand why it reset to that time they say that the the first thing that the sequel is supposed to do is explain yeah, but why it I, happened. I feel like there should be something like that in the movie that we had. Itself. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll get to that with, you know. Actually, I'm not sure that's really part of Final Showdown, but I'll talk about it there either, either way. And just so one other thing that I wanted to say, I would have really liked to see the meeting with Brendan Gleason again. Oh, I know. <laughs> but with Tom Cruise being like, yep, happy to go. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sure thing, sir, on the first flight there. So, yeah, that's the only part of it. I was like, oh, I wish they would have showed that again Um, to see like his change from, you know, sniveling coward to kind of courageous badass, you Mm -hmm. know. But, yeah, that's the whole movie. Um, Kind of. I really liked it. So Uh, I'm a little surprised, actually. It was a little easier to explain than I thought it would be. Not like in a bad way at all. Just it seems like the kind of movie. Can I really explain what happened in this? You know, <laughs> it probably it, it probably loses an awful lot of effectiveness not watching it. So I, it's the sort of thing I would recommend. Yes. Like if you didn't watch, watch Cl- if you didn't watch Cliffhanger, you can probably get it from Mark's <laughs> explanation. <laughs> not because it's worse, just because you know you probably get it. <laughs> this this one you might actually want to look more into. Yes, I agree with that. But let's move on to the rank. A rank. So here we are again at the rank. Um, This is where we rank it based on 10 categories. Story, acting, originality, action sequences, chase slash fight scenes, film coherence, hero appeal, villain appeal slash hatred, supporting characters appeal, and the final showdown. 
We rank it on a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best. And the first category is story. And I go first. I'm I'm actually glad you go first. I'll explain why. Well, this okay, so of, this is one of those. Oh boy. Well, well, let me I gave story a four and a half. Mm-hmm. I I love the story. It's fascinating, but these so these mimics exist on on asteroids and wait to crash land on a planet, but they have the ability to control time and loops. Yeah. I don't know. I think my biggest issue is that I don't see how that's possible. Well, um, well yeah. <laughs> but but other time than travel that, doesn't exist. That's weird. Well, right. But but other than that, which you know, I, I'm willing to just believe and move on. The rest is great. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what what are what are you going for here? I uh it's funny, it was a difficult one for me. I gave it a four. I'm I'm glad that we're kind of close for a lot of the same reasons. It was like I'm glad it's the kind of movie like, oh, I'm glad that I watched it and experienced it. I'm there I feel like there are a lot of holes, but it's done well enough that I don't mind that much. Right. And also I feel like maybe on subsequent viewings, thinking about it more, a lot of those holes might be cleared up whatever like like that um a lot of the story just wasn't as wasn't as tight as i wanted it to be but i'll talk about that more with like coherence and everything so so for because like pretty darn good still some some issues yeah i think that's reasonable and not like so, not like i have issues with this movie just i'm not sure right right love to see well, the next category is acting. So what do you have for that? This is going to surprise you. I give it a five. That surprised me. I. Uh, it's funny because you wouldn't necessarily think of any of this as like tour de force performances. I don't think they got much acclaim exactly because, you know, why would they exactly? But everything was perfect and this was all exactly what you want from everybody. I wouldn't. Have... I don't know. I think Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt probably should have gotten some acclaim for the acting in this. Oh, I would I would buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry, go ahead. No, that's what I mean. It's like everybody we we've gotten a couple of movies where it's like, well, it wasn't great, but it's what they wanted, right? It's the performance that the movie wanted and that the director wanted and it works. This is like the kind of the ultimate example of that for me. I I mean, it feels like changing anything here would be stupid. Yeah, I up, I agree with you. Up to and including Bill Paxton and whoever played the rest of J Squad. They were all pitch perfect. It's funny. I, you know, I sort of went back and forth on this, but I ended up giving it a 4.85. Oh, I obviously I thought everybody was fantastic, you know, but uh, I think there were some people that were kind of caricature. I mean, which is what they were supposed to be. Um, but like the woman with the super Southern drawl, you know, I don't know that. I don't know that she was really doing that fantastic of an acting job. Um, it was like it was a little too over the top, you know. Even Bill Paxton, while fantastic and I loved it, still kind of no. He, I'm he not even going to say that because I love Bill Paxton in this. No, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. Um, well, it's absolutely near right. perfect for me. Yeah, not not absolutely right because I I gave it a higher score, so not absolutely right. But you, I, I get what you're saying and. And I get what you're saying too. You're basically saying, but that's what they asked him to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Um, even the caricature people, I feel like people in that situation sometimes can become caricatures of themselves. Mm-hmm. 
either through bravado or just because people kind of fall into categories for themselves a lot of the time. Um, like if you're like like a, a hillbilly southerner type, you go to, in that kind of situation. You're like, I'll embrace it. You know, I'm not gonna. Yeah. If that is that's how people are gonna treat me anyway, I'll just be Sergeant Whatever from Fuckface Kentucky. You know, <laughs> playing country dumb a little bit. Fuck for Che. Mm -hmm. Kentucky. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, yeah, everybody was perfect for me. So hard, hard to complain. And oh, I just wanted to again acclaim Tom for being so out of character the first time. It kind of shows because sometimes in these movies it feels like, oh, well, he's action star Tom Cruise. He's got that mode. And this one, he proved that he has uh, another mode. And that another mode that leads into action star Tom Cruise mode. Yeah. And then, he does have some range, you know, he's got some depth to his acting. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to forget. So just want to give him credit where credit's due for that. And um, Emily Blunt was like super badass in a way that really worked for me because it wasn't, it wasn't, it was believable for me. You know, you know what it is with her too, is that I never really felt like, so I, I think there's a lot of mistakes that uh, movies tend to make with female badass characters and then mm -hmm. they try to make them men. Mm -hmm. I never got that from her. Like, yeah. I felt like she was still very much a woman, but uh, still a badass. Yeah, she's a so, badass and kind of all business, but not like overcompensating for anything or anything. That's just too Yeah, cheap. exactly. And I got to say, I, I really love... I actually rewound the scene where he first sees her doing her yoga pose and then she's doing like I don't know cat pose or something or I think that's cobra when she like rears up her back and stands up and then the way she looks at him is like so um who told you you could talk to me it's like yeah it's really badass but like in an effortless way that isn't like oh yeah we're supposed to believe that you're a badass here yeah, it's true it's true. And, and and this is what I mean about like the femininity part of it, because mm -hmm. like, you know, not to, not to stereotype, but yoga is, you know, it's a more feminine form. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think she was, she wasn't, um, you know, pumping iron in there. Right. Exactly. But she's still able to look like a badass. Yep. You know? Yeah. Um, when you see her just calmly there and like the, just supporting herself on her hands, balancing, that looks like okay. Wow, she's exactly as badass as her posters portray. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you well, can, anyway, so you can see why he's like kind of like when he sees her for the first time in real life, he's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's that's the chick from with the big sword. Because <laughs> you want to look like a badass fighting aliens, you obviously use a sword. Never explained exactly, but okay. Well, so in the book, she has a melee weapon. Because she's gotten used to the fact that she's going to run out of ammo. Okay, I believe so that. So she, she she brings a melee weapon because she knows they're going to be close. She doesn't want to waste ammo when they're close. I I also I'm also okay with it not really being explained exactly. Because just it's okay. She's got a big sword. That's fine. It's part of yeah. Her, no part of her mystique, if nothing else. I yeah. It didn't bother me in the least. I just when I was doing the research for the potent notables, I found that. So. I like it. Um, but anyway, the next category is originality, and I'll, I'm going first on that one. I gave that a another 4.85. Okay. Um, I, I thought it was very original. Obviously, it's taking some thematic elements from 
Groundhog Day and mm-hmm. like Starship Troopers and things like that. So it's not entirely like brand new, but it, the way they did it and the take on the existing idea, I I've just to me it's it's damn near perfect for originality. But uh, what say you? This is going to surprise you again, but I gave that a five as well. Um, again, or like actually very similar to what you said. Originality doesn't have to be nothing like this has ever existed before. Right. It, it just needs to be a really effective take on it, which this is. Yeah, um, exactly. And it didn't try too hard to separate itself from like other movies like this. Like, oh, no, no, this one's different because whatever. It, it also doesn't even try too hard to separate itself from other alien movies. It's right. like kind of okay with okay there are other movies like this but the take we're gonna have on it is going to be enough to get your interest up right it's it's the confidence in the story Mm -hmm. you know yeah that obviously absolutely worked for me so yeah uh, me too i hard hard to complain well the next the next category is action sequences so what do you have for that one i gave that one a 3.75 um, and I think I should have given it higher, but the action, a lot of the action sequences were a little superfluous to me. Um, it was like, we need alien, we need to fight these aliens and everything like that, but it's not, it's not the important part of the story. So it was effective and it did its job, but it was more, uh, a, a path to where we were trying to get to, but I think I might raise it depending on what you say. Well, we're definitely going to diverge on this. Okay. I gave it a five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they're absolutely incredible. Just so well done. And, you know, in the action sequences are really war scenes, you know, mm-hmm. but like there wasn't crazy motion to the camera, you know, and this is like something that Tom Cruise is actually really capable of doing because he doesn't do because he does his own stunts. So he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, stay on me. You know, yeah. I'm going to be there. Um, the mimics, actually felt real mm-hmm. for, like kind of incredible considering what they looked like and were um and it just you know to me it was just it was so effective the, the action sequences and and you know you you have to do them over and over again mm-hmm. um and yet it, it just i don't know it just fits so well and you're like oh you know you're I think it draws you in those action sequences because it's like, oh my god, what's going to happen now? Oh, he's dead. Oh shit. Mm-hmm, so I guess mm-hmm. it doesn't go past here. Um, so it's it's an interesting take on an action sequence because in most action movies, the action sequence ends with the hero winning, right? And then you yeah. move on to the next one. Whereas this one, the the hero dies every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I could watch this movie over and over. I love it. I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna pump it up to at least let's let's do a four, um, just because I, I it kind of like a lot of the sequ- a lot of the action was fun but not were not what I I don't know <laughs> it's just going <laughs> up to a four because <laughs> I I thought they were really good it's just, it's just it wasn't like I wasn't that's not what I don't know I wanted more plot almost but that that's not the action sequences faults though so. Yeah, I can see what you're saying because the story is so engaging that you're like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I want to hear, I want to hear more about this. Well, all right, so let's go to chase and fight scenes, which I'll start. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave this a five as well. Uh-huh. Uh, there's not many fight and chase scenes in it; it's mostly action sequences. Um, but there's a there's a couple car chase scenes, and they're really well done. Mm-hmm. You know, with them 
they're being chased by a mimic essentially while they're drive driving the minivan right mm-hmm. and it bursts out of the trailer or bursts through the trailer i should say yeah, i mean yeah. that's fucking cool ass scene and then um and then they have the chase scene where they're like being chased through the parking garage right mm-hmm. um i enjoyed that and then they and it ends in an unexpected way right mm-hmm. um and uh i just thought it was so cool that they especially with that one they moved plot along through the use of the chase scene mm-hmm. um which is sort of what you were complaining about with the action sequences yeah they didn't necessarily move the plot along um it was just something to sort of catch your eye and see the futility of of their actions over and over again mm-hmm. whereas the the chase scene felt like okay we're moving forward and we're using the chase scene to move it um and there is a little bit of a fight scene when cage is like you guys can't touch me even with my eyes closed yeah I enjoyed. Yeah, that so. was actually a lot of fun it was <laughs> uh i liked it was very confident and like but not in like the typical brass Tom Cruise yeah. action star way. Yeah. It was very yeah. like that's exactly what I was trying to say. It was more okay, you know. I have quiet confidence that I can just you know not even beat you because it's not even a fight, right? I just I know everything you're gonna do. So can we just get on with this? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's there's a lot of like okay, can I want to move on from this because I've done this before and <laughs> it's it's like in a video game where you want to like hit A to skip. The cutscene. The cutscene. It's unskippable. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, fine. I know, I know. Um, can't beat this boss. It's hard, but I know this part. Um, but yeah, so what do you have for chase and fight scenes? Uh, I gave it a four and a half for a lot of the same reasons. Um, the There were only a couple, so I was like, maybe it should be downgraded because there isn't all that much of it. But the ones that there were were kind of some of the Amazing. best action in the movie yeah like car chases and i think i think both times emily blunt's character is driving which is kind of fun because i feel like i feel like sometimes they're like you know the man has to drive and be the manly guy but she's driving because she's the badass well certainly steve mcqueen would say that oh yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> tom cruise is like, he has driver portion that i um, have anyway. to do all my own stunt driving <laughs> get out of here Steve. all right well we i mean i think we are pretty much agreed on chase and fight scenes um but film coherence what do you have for that i feel like we might diverge a little bit here this one was the hardest for me so i gave it a three and a half i was genuinely like a lot of this is really working for me but a lot of it also just wasn't what oh, just wasn't quite there i wanted a little bit more fluid explanation um if that makes any sense like it was either either put yourself either dedicate yourself more to the into the way that it, jumping around in time like this would disorient you and have like actually show tom cruise's character be like at this point, I'm a little confused about which which I'm doing here, which cycle this is, which day, or presented a little bit more coherently. I, I feel like they have to go in one of each way, like almost like Tom Cruise lost in time and a little confused, or 
he has complete control of the situation. And I feel like they kind of went in the middle. Well, he, he gains control of the situation as he mm -hmm. continues, right? Yes. I feel like that could have been handled a little bit more seamlessly is all. Well, I gave it a four and a half. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, so for me, I just, you know, I didn't, for me, the, the movie flowed perfectly. Um, uh, I was pretty much okay with every plot point they hit and all that. The The thing that I didn't like is that they decided to keep Cage alive, mm -hmm. right? And to me, I think it would have been more effective to just let him die. Yeah. Um, I realize that then that might hurt your uh, ability to do a sequel. But see, I think if you would just like let him die and maybe even just ended the movie there. You yeah. know, like it blows up the Omega and that's it. End of movie. You I could think... still have this scene where he wakes up in the at the beginning scene of the, you know, of the of the first movie um, and then just explain it there. So I think that actually it really hurts the film coherence that they included that at the end, him waking up. And I get that he's got the Omega blood now, but I just. Yeah, I actually, I 100% agree with that. I don't mean to cut you off. Um, no, no, go for it. The ending scene, I was going to wait till final showdown for that, but I'll say it now. Actually, this is a better part for it. it. It just, there was no, nothing like prepared us for the fact that he was going to wake up like that. But it also wasn't like enough of a surprise to really have much effect. Um yeah, I think everything you said was was spot on there. It's it's it, it's just it's like just it just doesn't work. Like not right. just doesn't work. Like it just doesn't work. But it barely misses working. But it doesn't quite. I feel like it, it could have it could have worked if there was like some sort of explanation. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, no, that's the thing. It's just out of kind of out of nowhere. You know, like why is he? I don't know. Maybe he was dot. Maybe that's him actually dead. And like. This is the afterlife. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I, I, you know, I think it could have been, you know, it could have had, you could have had a scene where he's with Rita and Carter and he's like, so if killing an alpha resets the time, mm -hmm. what happens when we kill an Omega? Oh, that would be a perfect then, little line to throw in. Yeah. And then Carter could have been like, well, we don't know, but we think it might, yeah, go back to whatever the, whenever the Omega started fucking with the timeline. Yeah, um, that would be that. That would that would have honestly, it would have been a very small addition. You could just kind of almost a throwaway line, but it would at least prepare you for the time travel shenanigans at the end, instead of it being so I don't know. Yeah, why. because it, and then you don't have to like even you don't have to be like, see, this is what happened. You don't even have to do that. You can just be like. Okay, they talked about it, so yeah. now we know that this was a potential, you know. Yeah, so, that makes yeah. it even. It makes it e easier to speculate, even because, like, right, exactly. We had some sort of sense of it. Because um, my guess is what they're gonna say is that. Um, so after Verdun, right, mm -hmm. the Omega let time continue, mm -hmm. right? Okay, we're gonna let time go on. All of our alphas survived. We move on. 
Um, and then from, from this point, we're going to start over, mm -hmm. you know? So like, cause it's all one day, right? Cause Cruz wakes up in the morning in the helicopter mm -hmm. and then gets shipped off to the front lines where he's like awoken again, but that's, but no, then the next morning is when they attack. Right. Yeah, anyway, so I just, it's actually two days. It's two days. But, but I think that, that what they would say is that basically the Omega started that time loop that morning. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he killed the Omega and got its blood, he was able to restart the time loop. <laughs> talking about this kind of movie is funny. Like if you walk in without any context, it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this movie makes no sense. It's like, yeah, you have to see it. All right. Well, anyway, let's go on to Hero Appeal. So mm -hmm. that's that's me first. Uh, I gave Hero Appeal a five. Mm -hmm. And I'm lumping Cage and Rita in together for the mm -hmm. Hero Appeal. Um, I just... They were absolutely incredible, and they, you know, they fed off each other. I mean, it was just, it was fantastic. Um, and if I had to do just Cage, I might still do a five anyway, because mm -hmm. I just, I loved the arc, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I was absolutely rooting for them, and honestly, I could watch them go through the progressions and figuring things out for two more hours. Mm -hmm. So, but what yeah. say you? Yeah, I gave it a four point seven five. Same reasons. Um, I, I totally get going higher, so I'm not even gonna, <laughs> not even gonna question it. I thought they were both very good. Um, maybe we didn't get to know them quite as well because of like the fact that they're on this. Like they don't get to know. I don't know. I we could have gotten to know them a tiny bit better, but I think that was sort of the point that we don't, because in a way they don't get to know each other, even though they do. Mm -hmm. That didn't make any sense. But I, feel, oh, no, I get what you're saying because they don't, in the sense, well, so I think that Cage can get to know Rita better than Rita will ever get to know Cage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not, not really getting to know Rita ourselves, like somewhat, but also she still has a lot of distance and a lot of barriers up. And we right. kind of never totally get past that. But that's kind of the point because he doesn't either. It's just. It's just difficult. It's almost like representative of the, the way humans have a hard time connecting with each other. Yeah. Well, and, and to your point there, because she's closed off and she, her character, you know, the character of Rita doesn't want to get to know anybody because she's yeah. going to die. Yeah. She's actively like not wanting to. Right. But because the, the movie is focused on these two characters, the, the we actually get to know Rita better than we get to know Cage because mm -hmm. Rita doesn't ask about yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that did work. So, so no, but I'm, I, I see where you're coming from, that we didn't get to know. So we don't get to know Rita that well, and mm -hmm. we don't really get to know Cage at all. And we get his personality, but we don't, you know, we don't know much about him. Yeah. But anyway, still thought it was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so let's go on to villain appeal slash hatred. What do you have for that one? Well, the villains are obviously the, the, mimics. the mimics, right? but it's really only one organism, almost like a big fungus or something. Yeah. Um, I gave it a four because, it. yeah, it's it feels like very effective, but also a little a little lacking in personality compared to some of the other uh, compared to some of the other movies that we've that we've well, we've only really done one movie with aliens, right? That's aliens. Yeah. <laughs> aliens. Yeah, the very first one. Yeah. So well, these, Predator. Yeah, that's true. Predator is an alien. Absolutely. Um, 
the design of these guys was perfectly good, but not something I'll remember quite in the same way, maybe as Aliens or Predator. It's kind of hard. Aliens is a tough one to compare it to because it's hard to get better than that those HR Geiger designs. Yeah. So these guys were a little bit lacking in personality, but they were still they were still um, threatening, and the fact that they can control time is definitely yeah, scary. So it was yeah. it was effective. Yeah, I gave it a three and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of the same oh, thing as you. I, yeah, I thought the mimics were cool, um, but I wasn't particularly scared of them. Or, yeah, I didn't particularly hate them or anything. You know, it's it, it's sort of the problem I have with any killing machine. Without that mm -hmm. human, you know, the humanity portion of it, it yeah. just doesn't give me a reason to root against them. Other than you know, the sort of like, yeah, I guess you know, I don't want them to take over the world. Um, yeah. <laughs> That would be bad, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just basically rooting for the heroes, and the heroes are awesome. Yeah, and um, I will say, still though, the alphas and and the omega were very cool and well done. Mm -hmm. No, so, I agree. Um, but yeah, so anyway, let's go on to uh, supporting characters appeal. So that one I gave a four. Mm -hmm. uh, I I really like the supporting characters, but the, you know they're a little one dimensional. Yeah, um, and it makes sense though because it's, it's really just Tom and Emily driving this thing. You know? Yeah, the, the other characters really aren't. Yeah, I don't want to say they're superfluous, but they're not. The point, right? And they're not superfluous because you you sort of need them for the world, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but it was really fun seeing Bill Paxton, and I enjoyed J Squad, and I actually thought Brendan Gleeson was really good in this. I, you know, uh -huh. um, so yeah. I mean, it's not the best supporting characters appeal ever but it's still really good so yeah what do you have uh three and a half kind of the same reasoning they were all effective and good S similar reasoning is my uh acting score but obviously lower because they're not the point like they do an excellent job of what they're supposed to do but you kind of nailed it when you said it's it's the two main characters that we care about and that matter so it's it's just not like if they had spent more time developing those guys it actually might have hurt the movie a little bit because they're not you know they're not the right direction exactly you you wouldn't have wanted to spend much more time than you had. i i actually think that you spent the perfect amount of time with them uh -huh. um but you know yeah if you had spent more time with them it would have been Un unrelated except that like for the how people treat um cage it's funny the very ending scene where cage walks up and sees her and she has no idea who he is because the day is reset. The difference between the way the other soldiers act toward him when he's just a nobody in fatigue. Oh, I know. And then when he's a, an officer. Yeah, when he actually is an officer. The difference is... I even, like that. And even Rita reacts to him differently. She's still kind of yeah. rude and curt. But she's like, all right, I can't just tell this guy to fuck off. So, <laughs> like to, but I have to be at least a little bit polite. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I, I really enjoyed that as well. All right, well, so let's go to the final showdown. What do you have for that? I gave that a 4.75 because it was extremely compelling and exciting, exciting incident. Um, I thought about going five just because it's hard to get much better, but the very, the way it leads into the very ending, the ending scene is just kind of clumsy for me, so. I could see that. Um, I gave it a five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, thought of, I thought about five, so. I sort of take it. I sort of take it like, as soon as the showdown's done, 
Like as soon as he shows the pin and it blows up, that's it. Final mm-hmm. showdown's over. After that, it's it's oh yeah, you know, it's like film coherence. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I actually wrote that. I didn't even realize I wrote this, but I, I'm taking the final showdown as ended right ending right after the Omega dies, which is mm-hmm. just perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, people sacrificing, but the good guys still win. An amazing action star, badass moment at the end when he shows the pins. Mm-hmm. Um, it has everything I'd want from the final showdown, including an epic chase scene up to the loop, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm tempted yeah. to change my score now because everything in it works so well, um, except for the end part. And like you said, that's kind of not the same. Also, I think you write yourself into a corner a little bit here. The writer, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's difficult to know exactly where to go here. I can see why they went the direction they went because Killing them both, I think, would be consistent and possibly more realistic, consistent with the themes, I mean. But that is commercial. Yeah, and like, what do you show after that? Just fade to black? Because there's no one to like go... The next scene where, like, oh, the aliens appear to be retreat. They seem to have no capability. But who are we with in that scene? We're not seeing it from anybody's perspective, because they're the only two characters we really cared about are dead. And like right. seeing it from Bill Paxton's perspective, oh, well, good. I'm glad they're gone. Like that wouldn't be that wouldn't be compelling. Um, well, I think if you did it that way, you just have a pan out shot. Yeah, going over Europe, mm-hmm. or even you cut back to the to the beach at Normandy or whatever, panning out. And so here's what here's what I think they could have had them both die. Mm-hmm cut to the beach with because the soldiers would have just been arriving there right mm-hmm. that was the whole point and they arrive and they find a bunch of dead mimics and yeah. kind of look around confused and fade to black okay yeah um, i think i think that's a good a good way to go when kind of wish that had but because <laughs> then it's like you you can go wherever you want from there. You can just you can say it restarted the day right after that. You know, mm-hmm. um, to do to do a sequel. I mean, the thing is that like, I think a lot of times they want to like set up a sequel, and you don't need to. Mm-hmm. You know, if the story is good enough, just you know continue the story. Yeah, the sequel will doesn't need setting up it it should just emerge from the story right exactly imagine if you did that in the middle of a movie like here's the can't get ready for the next scene like no the the previous scene should just lead into it you're not going to set us up for the next bit and i mean i'm sort of happy to see them alive so i get it you know Mm -hmm. there's a there's a joy that you get to experience as the audience to see to see them alive you know yeah you know absolutely i was i was like oh i, I kind of want to see them be happy not even right. romantically just maybe actually get to know each other so that was nice but at the same time i'm not sure it worked for the ending of a movie well so i know you said you were thinking about changing the 4.75 but were you do you think you're going to for the final showdown or you leaving it as is let's move it up to like 4.85 to, to really emphasize that I thought it was very close to perfect. Maybe not quite. All right. So, oh, very close to S tier. Oh, no. 
So we've got this is uh maybe I should pump up this, the final showdown score tiny bit more. I hate well, to see it miss out. Well, actually, if you had if you'd put it to a five, it still wouldn't have made it to S tier. Okay, I feel better. Um <laughs> but it's definitely one of the best ones we've reviewed in uh well since inception, so in a yeah. in a while. Okay. But it is firmly as the third best action movie of all time for us right oh, now. Oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah. It it went over top of Iron Man. How about that? Yeah, that, that you know, I'm not going to say it's controversial, but I feel like this I'm okay little, with it. This is a dark horse, you know. Yeah, like, it really is. I I think people do like it and know it, but not obviously not anywhere near to the level of something like Iron Man. So, right, but it you know it's it's underrated mm -hmm. for sure. I think. I mean, yeah. obviously, we both think that because think it's it, it's very high on the ranking. Yeah. Um, so good for Edge of Tomorrow. That's cool. <laughs> well I, done, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of happy about it actually. Um, it also makes me happy because, like, I was, I was sort of nervous because I didn't want you to dislike this movie because mm -hmm. I, I love this movie. So yeah. I'm very happy that you clearly enjoyed it as well. Oh yeah, it was. It's an excellent surprise. Not even surprise because again, I I did think it was like I knew it was going to be pretty decent at least, but. Well, thanks everybody for listening once again to our, our fun little podcast here. Um, Edge of Tomorrow did very well. It was an 89.3 as the total. So 0. 0.7 well, away from S tier. Edge of um, S tier. Yeah, Edge of S tier. Maybe Edge of Tomorrow 2 will break yeah, out. Yeah, we'll have to see. But it's only 1.1 points away from Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, I mean, it's... Really? That is... Yeah. Like, that is it's right probably the most, like the the mo the like the the most uh it's most uh, firmly and most underrated since this obviously doesn't get anywhere near the attention of the other ones that we have right um, i mean the only the only ones above it are inception which you mm -hmm. know giant blockbuster and here's mm -hmm. the lost ark yeah giant blockbuster exactly so, this, one, yeah. this one kind of flies under the radar i like it and then the one below it iron man yeah giant blockbuster so <laughs> there's just a little plucky very high budget but weirdly plucky movie yeah. <laughs> um so now if you would like to see this updated list of uh, of our rankings you can see that on our website at the rank with john and zach.com um become a patron on patreon at at uh patreon.com slash the rank podcast and um, you can listen to these episodes before anybody else but also if you become a patron um, we'd love to get your feedback on the potential of us doing a patron only series where we actually just review um, you know new movies so that you uh, you know you can you can get your review uh, Friday or probably Saturday morning and you can decide from there if it's worth seeing that or that maybe be, that, you know no that could be super fun um think about it this as of recording we could have come home and talked about barbenheimer you know would have been yeah exactly could have potentially been a blast oh well yeah and and, and a blast ironic yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no really and and the goal here would be that it wouldn't just be like your regular review the review would be based on the genre mm -hmm. you know so if it's a dramatic oscar you know bait movie then we're gonna we're gonna review it as an oscar bait movie and if it's a fun action movie we're gonna review it like that if it's a goofy comedy we're gonna review it like that so you know 
when we review it, it'll be like our rankings. It'll be based on what the movie was supposed to be and not, you know, what every movie should aspire to be. <laughs> uh, so, because <laughs> I feel like that's a better review. It is. Um, but yeah, so give us the feedback. If that's something you want us to be doing, then, you know, please become a patron. And, you know, we get if we get to a certain amount of patrons, then we'll we'll do it. Now, if engaging with your money isn't your thing, that's fine. Email us at the rank with John and Zach at protonmail.com. You know, you can tweet at us or exit us, I guess now. Yeah. What the fuck that means. Yeah, I don't know what that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> at the rank podcast. We're also on threads. Everything is the rank podcast, but we're on threads, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, what's the other one? TikTok. Mm. We're we're doing that TikTok now. Um but yeah, we'll we'll answer, we'll respond. We're just happy to hear from you. But either way, check us out next week. And I'm excited for this because Zach has no idea what's coming. None whatsoever. We're gonna leave in my genuine reaction. When we're ranking, fire down below. <laughs> the nineteen ninety-seven movie starring Steven Seagal. It had to show up sometime, I guess. May as well get another one. Actually, who knows? Maybe it'll be as underrated as. as yeah, as probably. Well. I yeah. think it's basically right there, right? Yeah, S tier for yeah. sure. <laughs> for <laughs> S for shit. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> won't go into it with that kind um, of negativity. Don't worry. I will give it a fair shake. So goodbye. And visant la tasha. And Vison Tashra. Well, we're gonna listen to it again. And Vison Tashra. Vison. God damn it.